Today's episode of the Sidebar Podcast is brought to you by Verified. Verified is a local shoe cleaning service in Plymouth, New Hampshire that tailors to all sneakers and boots across the entire spectrum, guys. All of it. They provide excellent quick service without any flaw, making old shoes look brand new, baby. Beautiful. To see their amazing work, check out their Instagram page, which is at verified underscore 603. Or you can email them with any questions, verified603 at yahoo.com. They would prefer you to direct message them on Instagram, though. And once again, it is at verified underscore 603. Go for it. Get your shoes verified today. Seven total strangers team up for the perfect crime. They don't know each other's names. But they got each other's color. Four perfect killers. One perfect crime. Now all they have to fear is... Each Each other. That was the Partridge Family's Doesn't Somebody Want to be Wanted, followed by Edison Lighthouse's Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes, as K-Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s Weekend Just Keeps On Trucking. to episode number eight of the Sidebar Podcast. My name is Ken Lavoy. And I'm Jan Rogers. And today we have a special, special guest. guest with us who is staying with me because he couldn't get a ride up he earlier than Wednesday. Slept, he actually slept <laughs> in the studio. I did, sleep, I did sleep in the studio. Yeah, Liam has been here slaving away in the Sidebar studio for a yes, couple days now. it is now. a pleasure to be on the podcast. It Long time listener. Pleasure to have him. This is my friend Liam Barnard from childhood. He yeah. is an avid listener. Yeah. And well, we, uh, we popped his Reservoir Dogs <laughs> One of the only people there. I know has listened to every episode. <laughs> Yeah, the last one. you might. Be, you might the last one. I catch up. You but. might be the only person who's listened yeah. every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if there's more people out there who have listened every episode, hit us up. Uh, we actually would like to know. Yeah, seriously, want to know if there's more. At than, the sidebar if it's more than just Liam. <laughs> at the sidebar underscore pod on Twitter. I honestly don't know what our Twitter. I know our. I I, I'm, I'm the Instagram I'll, guy. I'll You're the Twitter right guy. I'm pulling up right now. Um, What's the Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's great I, branding. I think boys. it's at the sidebar podcast. All right, that would make sense. Honestly, like I haven't posted on it in a while. Yeah, and our it's Twitter, just our at Twitter, the sidebar our pod. Our Twitter is uh, at the sidebar underscore pod. Yeah, and the Instagram is just at the sidebar pod. So, um, we have a good episode for you guys today. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. We just kind of decided out of the blue to do this. Out of the Mister Blue. Out of the, out of the, out of the Mr. Eddie Blue. Bunker Mister Blue. And the references begin. Oh, we should man. all refer to each other as colors for the rest of the pod. Uh, you're Mr. Pink. Um, I know the I know the road you're going down. I know the line, and you're not going to say it. I don't, this ha- is a I, don't ha- I don't have to say it. You're Mr. Pink, and you're not going to argue about it. <laughs> Liam will be Mr. Black because he gets constantly blackout. All right, and that, you'll that's, be Mr. A, that's a little harsh. Well, it's just true. I mean, it's, it's what you do. And you will be Mr. Beige because you're boring and irrelevant. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, you're Mr. Beige. Yeah. And you're Mr. Black and I'm Mr. Pink. I'm yep. not gonna remember these. Yeah. So neither am I. But I we can still call Dan a pussy. These I will say yes, <laughs> I remember it, beigey boy. Um yeah, Reservoir Dogs. We love this movie. And well we ran the poll, remember when we ran the poll for Inglorious Bastards and we did dogs versus bastards? Yeah, this was the uh This was just kind of like an well, easy this choice. One, this one led for a while in that poll. Yeah, right? I honestly thought we were gonna do this yeah. one. But then like the other day we we're like, we need to record another pod, what should we do? And, and we just we didn't want to watch 
We've been a little busy. We haven't been able to sit down and watch two and a half hour movies. Yeah, and we've been doing a lot of long movies. This is the first, like, honestly, like, under two hour movie I yeah. think we might have done. Besides we, Tropic Thunder. After last podcast, we reflected a little bit. Yeah. Realize you probably guys don't, unless you're driving for an hour and a half, yeah, you nobody probably wa- don't have the time. Nobody wants this to us baffle for We're an great hour in and short half. spurts when we don't have, you know, we'll be. <laughs> We're great in like 30 second Instagram videos. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> five time. Trailers, beautiful. That's, Trailer. our, that's our money. Okay. Production quality on that trailer was very high and it showed. But how long is this movie? This movie's what? Uh, hour 39 minutes. Yeah. It's actually pulled up right on the TV. Nice. Eight out of three. Eight of, of three out of eight point three out of ten on rotten. Oh, f- wow. for fuck's sake! All right, stop reading. <laughs> Something tomatoes. Reading it's is an, hard. It's yes. <laughs> IMDb. Yeah, it's an eight point three out of ten stars on IMDb. Yes, what the easiest thing you could. Yeah, find, I don't know so. how I managed but to fuck. Let's bring it back. Yeah. To the movie. So this is what Quentin Tarantino is. This is his yeah, first movie. First, yeah. This is his first. This, besides my movie. best friend's birthday, yeah. this is his first never, big movie, which never aired. This is his yes. uh, feature-length film debut. This is his, yes, exactly. I've actually seen my friend's birthday. Yeah, yeah I've I the saw, clip of it. Well, yeah, Rogalis showed us yeah. art of film. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. It was brutal. No, I didn't it's get absolutely it. brutal. It was weird. I, I just couldn't follow absolutely it. Absolutely brutal. Um, but yeah, this is Tarantino's debut, and honestly, like, it's just a staple. What? What mm-hmm. a debut! This movie. Can you think of another film debut? Like like this, I can't think of many no. film debuts for most directors. Honestly, I mean, what like Jordan Peele, like uh, Get, <laughs> Get Out. Get Out. I'm just trying to think of like. Yeah, I don't think Jordan Peele cemented himself enough yet to. What about the guy? Because I don't know how Us did. No, but like, I heard no, it but did I'm talking well, about. But... I want to see. Yeah, it, but I'm talking but... about I do first movie. movie. Mm. You know, like the guy who directed being John Malkovich, Spike Jones. His first movie was being John Malkovich. Oh really? His first movie he directed. John Malkovich, the actor. Being John Malkovich, like the movie. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh. I love John Malkovich, though. Um, but yeah, Tarantino really just like shot out of a cannon yeah. with this movie. Same with American Beauty. That was a directorial debut. By Sam, Sam Mendes. Oh, see, I don't like really and know any of these Evil directors. Dead by Sam Raimi. Okay, now you're just losing me. No, I am. I'm I, thinking I, of like real directors like Coppola and Kubrick and Nolan. Well, they probably didn't Scorsese. Have what was Scorsese's first movie? Was it Taxi Driver? I think... Uh, I'm gonna look. That, I'm gonna look that up right now. Uh, it probably wasn't. He was directing movies since he was like 15 years old. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anywho, getting back to the movie itself, this movie's fucking awesome. Mean, Liam, Sh- mean Streets, actually. Oh. Mean Streets was his first oh, fucking mean film. Yeah, great right. movie. Um, Liam, you saw this for the first time today. Yeah. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, you've yeah. seen, first, seen it before. First ever time. I mean, I probably saw and it you when were, I was younger. you were into it. It was, but, like, fun to watch it with you because yeah. you weren't, like, on your phone. You were, like, actually paying attention, yeah. which I love. No, so yeah. give us, uh, what's your take? Obviously, Liam's going to Liam's gonna be here throughout the entire thing, but we want to It was definitely say. great, obviously, but uh, there's a lot of shock value to it, especially yeah, right after the dinosaur scene. Your reaction in the first, in the I'm not. The I'm not good scene. with blood, so... Yeah, he almost, quite, he I was, was like, I was, I was like worried about him. Really? Yeah. Like when, when you first see Tim Roth in the car, yeah. he, Liam was like, oh fuck. And then yeah. when the, obviously the ear cutting off yeah. scene, that was Could brutal. not watch the ear cutting scene at all. Oh, did you, really? did you see what the guy looked like yes, without his I ear did though? Did you see what his, yes I did. Yeah, a lot of blood in this movie. A lot movie. of blood. This is like probably his bloodiest movie next to like Django. But that's yeah. the thing though with that first scene where Tim Roth is bleeding in the back that kind of gets your attention. You're like, all right, this is going to be a great movie. Because, like, the movie opens in, it's in the diner, and it's easy to just kind of not pay attention because it's just a bunch of guys talking. But But honestly, like, I love that scene. Yeah, as soon as those opening credits go away and he's just bleeding in the back of the car. Yeah, if you're, like, not hooked at that point, that's the part that gets you hooked, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. 
because that was literally your reaction. You were like, "Oh shit!" This I was movie like, "This," like, I was like, "This movie's got to get real, real." You like quick. didn't expect that at all. No, not at all. Which is why I love it. Well, um, and it's nice because it's like it's fast paced, but it's like you don't you don't get lost. Yes, exactly. Like, you, there's you not enough. I mean? like, you don't get lost. There's not. They don't. They don't let things kind of linger on for too long. It's just straight to the point. No, and it's yeah. nice because all the scenes are like interwoven with these nice like character moments that we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and you all get these like little talks. You get like, like the flashbacks. Yeah, and, and uh-huh. there's like a lot of like development. There's yeah, like, like a lot of human emotion. Yeah, and yes. like, like for example, right when Vic Vader, or well, actually, I'll I'll save this for when we go into this the best scene. Actually, best scene. This, this isn't a best scene, so I'll talk about it now. Okay. But one of the yeah, examples my of best these little character slim. moments that I love throughout the thing. I don't yeah. know if you have any of those in your best scenes. Just like character best, moments. Yeah, like the side moments. Not. Um. I mean, yeah. You know. Uh, but well, you talk about it anyway. Yeah. No. So, Fine. like, a good example of this is when right when Vic is it Vic Vega. It is Vic Vega. Vic Vega. All right. Right when Vic Vega gets out of jail and he goes to meet uh, see goes nice, to meet Eddie, Eddie, Eddie and, and Joe. Dad. Yeah, Eddie and Joe. Joe. Joe yeah. Joe. Yeah. When he meets Eddie and Joe, they're like talking. They're all happy, and it's like they're like friends. You know, like Eddie and, yeah, Eddie and but ben. we don't know like the relationship. And yeah. you see like the different interactions with nice guy Eddie and Joe and Mister and Mister White. Yeah, like Mister White and like all these people, and you're like, well, how like what are these relationship between these people? You know? Yeah, you that's why it's just interesting like to see. The, it's interesting to see the dynamic of who they bring on the job because they have all like. They bring in everybody from their like close people. Yeah, exactly. To this fucking random to like Mister yeah, Orange. Yeah, I feel like the, the I mean the only characters they really. Well, they give a backstory for Orange, White, and Blonde. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're able to learn a lot about Buscemi's character, Mr. Pink, just yeah. because he literally doesn't shut up the entire yeah. movie. Yeah. But in terms of Brown and Blue, you don't know anything about them. Exactly. The yeah. only thing you know from Brown, Tarantino, is the diner scene when he's just like going off this just disgustingly Tangent. vulgar rant yeah, about like, great Madonna's quote. Like a Virgin, great quote. which is literally what the movie opens up to. And then Eddie Bunker, who plays Mr. Blue, Probably says one line the entire movie. Yeah, he just he's I, he went into talking about tipping. Still, an awesome here. Let's go down the cast. Speaking of the tipping, I scene, love the cast. That's when I that's when I knew that I was gonna hate Steve Buscemi's character because yeah. he goes, "Mr. Yeah. Pink doesn't tip." You hate you hate Buscemi. Yeah, but like it's a well, good. That's another great, even that's another great moment because it's mean, just not, like let's let's not. Step, that's why he's oh, in my best on, performance. Let's not step on because um, that opening scene is. Yeah, we're well, well about, yeah, we're gonna talk about yeah. that. We will, we will go through the that's normal the, uh, sidebar categories. Yeah. Um, only, honestly, I only have three though, because I didn't have that's any fine. gripes. So, scene, line, performance. Through the cast and set yeah, let's talk about the cast. So, all star fucking cast here. Yeah, Harvey Keitel, who I love, a young death. Tim Roth, very young Tim Roth. Yeah, Michael Madsen, and also a young Michael Madsen. Um, young, yeah, a young Michael Madsen. Are we, are we seeing stud, a, and we're seeing older Michael Madsen. In, in Once Upon a Time, time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Which is another reason why... Michael Madsen and Quentin Tarantino must be, like, best friends, because he... Well, you know, actually, a lot I'll, of his movies. I'll, I'll say this after I finish going through the cast. Yeah. Uh, Chris Penn is Nice Guy Eddie. Yep, rest in peace. Yep. Yes. Steve Buscemi is Mr. Pink. Love that. Lawrence Tierney is Joe Cabot. Lawrence Tierney... What else was has Lawrence Tierney been in? Because I know that name. I always feel like he plays, like, kind of like a bad guy. But, like, I don't know Lawrence Tierney in anything other than this... Lawrence Tierney. He's in Armageddon. He is? Yeah. He's in a lot of the older movies. Because no, he's yeah. very old in this yeah, movie. And it came out in 92. Yeah, no, he's very old. I'm trying to think. This is really his biggest movie. He was yeah, in he was a big all these actor old in the movies. 40s and Born to Kill, 40s Dillinger, and 50s and The Devil Thumbs a Ride, The Hoodlum, The Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, these are all like older, yeah. older movies. Um, but yeah, he's he's phenomenal in this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you pretty much ran through it. No Women. 
Oh, wait, no, no, movie. There's, there's, still, there's still a few more. There, these are more side characters. I always, we also have Taren, Yeah, no women in the movie. Except for the lady who shoots Tim Roth. Yep, exactly. <laughs> She's literally the only, only build actress in the yep. movie. What? Was there another movie we did that had no women in it? Uh, was that, that wasn't Taren, It no, was Tropic no. Thunder had yeah, like no, barely I was, any. I was saying it was the Tarantino, but we also have Randy Brooks as uh, Holdaway. I think that's just some... Hold on, hold on. Oh, the, the cop. The, the, uh, the, I thought the that cop. was... I thought that was Balls. No, no, sorry. Yeah, Kirk Baltz. Kirk, Kirk Baltz. Great name. That's Great Marvin. All time uh, name. Edward Bunker, Mr. Blue. Eddie Bunker. Tarantino, Mr. Brown. Yep. And Stephen Wright is K. Billy. K. Billy's super sounds in the seventies. And so honestly, iconic, dude. I this movie is full of just. I, I'm gonna use yeah. this word a lot, and you guys are gonna be annoyed. There is a lot. So of, much about me. Yeah. This movie is so iconic. Absolutely. And, like, agree cinephiles with everywhere. Like Lily will study this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not only is it the 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 debut of I think the greatest direct movie director yeah. of all time, um, and the greatest director of our generation, but what comes out of this movie and and what is going to set Tarantino up is what is iconic about it. Yeah. Like he saw this and he took this opportunity to be like, I am making a movie that nobody has, nobody knows about me, and I'm going to make this movie that nobody's going to understand. But if they love it, then it's going to be a hit. And that's exactly well. What and here's the thing: like this, think about all of his other movies. They fought. They, they follow yeah. the mold of. It's like if you put. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this, but like this is a, this is a mold for him. Yeah. Yeah, like this is like the like the cookie cutter, but this is the most realistic version of any of his movies. I agree with you. You there. know, because Pulp Fiction. Even, I mean, even though it's like a set, it's set in a realistic time. I won't say anything some, bad about that. Some of that stuff is like a little no, but it's like it's believable. It's like more outlandish. This is like such like a set in reality. Like, yep. That, like we could see this happening, the criminals like, like screwing themselves over, and like the egos getting too much. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, you know? I think that's really what comes down to it at the end of the day. Why I love this movie so much is because, you know, like we talk about like heist movies, mm-hmm. and what are some like big heist movies that we all love? Like Oceans. Oceans, Oceans movies are great. Yeah. I love the Italian Job. And Man One. Um, great heist movie. Don't even talk to me. about Oh, that's that. a heist movie. You um, can't even deny it, brother. Okay, sure. Let's add Ant Man to the list. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of other really good heist movies that I know I'm leaving out, but everybody knows. Oh. Everybody has their favorite heist movie, right? Yeah. Okay. This is my favorite heist movie because it's not like every other heist movie. It's about a heist, but you never really see the heist. You you know the plan, but you don't know it too well. It's got loose ends, whatever. But it's all about like what happens after the heist. Well, that's the thing. The heist goes off pretty like I mean, there are gonna be some hitches, but it went off pretty well, all things considered, didn't it? No, it was an absolute no, fucking train absolute wreck. Bot, no. Botch job, yeah. It, every people, people, should, people got I killed. Mean, they got the diamonds. No, they got that's the diamonds. What, like, but it was like the dirtiest heist least, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's dying, cops yeah. are getting murdered. Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody knows. I know, but like they com- they completed their they completed like, the they mission. Got, they complete. That's what I'm saying. Like they yeah. got, they got their. It could have, like yeah. they could have fucked it, up. Like it was a train it wasn't wreck. A movie about the heist being fucked up. It was, but it was about like how they interacted with each other after they succeeded. Yes. Because, like, what's what? Yeah. I mean, I personally. My only argument is that the events that they transpired brought out more of like the edge in them, and that's why they like flipped. Do you like, do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't think that off. I don't think I would consider the heist a success. Well, what it technically and it technically would, was a success, stuff. but that's obviously not the way they planned. They for got it the go. diamonds, but think about what happens. Yeah, they lost. They lost two of think their about guys. The last before. part of the movie. They lost two of the. They lost blue and brown before they even got before the, even to the even to the safe even, house. Yeah, before they even got away from the bank. And two guys are already dead. Orange was dying the whole movie. Orange is pretty much dead. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't count them. That's like, but that, that at the end is, of the movie, the only person who apparently is alive is Steve Buscemi. Yeah. 
And, and he might even yeah, be no, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm just saying just about like the heist part. I'm saying it pretty much went like like they have they lost people, but like they got the diamonds and they made it back to the warehouse. Yeah, I mean, uh, like do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there? yeah, yes. they did, Yeah, they did get to the warehouse. But like that's technically. That's why no I, shit. Their heist didn't go out with off of that fucking. I don't idea. think it was. A I success. get that. Mm. I mean, Joe and, and Nice Guy Eddie are dead. They're the guys who set True, it up. True. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that, that's yeah the, the two big guys are done. That's not what I'm talking about. Also, Steve Buscemi probably dies at the end, which means that the cops get the diamonds anyways. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about this movie is because, you know, you get the oceans and of the world and stuff. It's always like they get the heist yeah. and they go home to their, yes. to their wives. And the final and, scene is George Clooney driving off in the sunset with his yeah, yeah. But this one, it's like heist is done. Then you get the aftermath and everybody's turning on everybody. Yeah. Everybody thinks everybody's a rat. Yeah, exactly. And then people start dying. It's just like turmoil. Yeah. Which, Cops are getting tortured. Yeah. Which is, and, I'm sure happens. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like it's it's a realistic heist movie. Like yeah. when you watch like Oceans movies, you have to suspend yeah, like, there's no big for explosions. Everything. But in this, yeah, exactly. There's no like big aha it's moments. It's not Hollywood. That's what it, it's, it's not very, a Hollywood. It's very not. That's yeah. a good way to go. It's very like, grunge, very to the, to, to the T. It's his first movie, so Tarantino didn't exactly have like the... Yeah, but, yeah. but Tarantino, I don't even think Tarantino would never, go that he way. He never though. would even go down that road. Yeah, he wouldn't who, go... Who makes well, the no, I'm just saying, like, movies? I'm just saying, not even going down like that road, but just like the whole like set in reality, like even with his other movies, he couldn't do that with his first movie. Yeah. Because he didn't have like the... But the thing is, it's so twisted too, though. Like you said earlier about him getting the mold going, it's just like you could tell every like it was Sorry, like it was very twisted, very yeah, yeah, very what do you gross. Mean, what do you mean by like twisted? Like he's like is he thinking as it like, no, 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 like or? twisted as in twisted like, in terms of the moral. The, mo- the mo- most movies follow a lie. Yeah, but this, this did not follow. Like, yeah, it's just going. Oh, I mean, yeah, the first scene they're in the diner yeah, and then no, it cuts oh, to halfway yeah, through the, the linear story. Okay, I yeah, the, I just the Tarantino. Yeah esque way to describe a movie. Yeah. Now, he doesn't do it in all of his movies. No, he doesn't. You know, I mean, he does it in... Because uh, Inglorious Bastards is... Bastards, he, he breaks it up. He does, like, chapters. Yeah, but He does a little they're before... In, they're, like, little... in... It is kind of in, like, chronological I, I, order. I'd say that, yeah, but I'd say that it's in chronological order because they start with Shoshana and that. Yeah, that's I, right. I don't want to get into the whole side argument, but then that's, like, the middle part so, and then the but Bastards. He, yeah. he, and he picks and chooses which movies he's going to do this, with, with, this yeah. with. But he definitely does it in, like, Pulp. It's like oh, obvious. I mean, pulp is his is is. He, but pulp fiction is basically like he had this brainchild with Reservoir Dogs, and he's like, now I know what I'm capable of. I'm yeah. gonna go make the greatest movie of all exactly. time. Exactly. People like this storyline. I'm gonna make it ten times, times better. Yeah. And everybody's gonna love it. And that's ten basically times what more messed with pulp. up. And yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. This is like looking back on this is like probably the goriest movie, one of the goriest, bloodiest movies. I've seen. This is a lot of blood. This is a lot of blood throughout the whole movie. It's just like such a great movie. Everything about it. Um, but let's get into the categories so we can get some structure here. Um, so we got best scene, best line, best performance. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, because I wrote mine down, I'll read off mine. And if both of you have additions, obviously go for it. Um, do you want to do best best scene first? Do we normally do best scene first? We get in this argument. We never like, remember. Every time. <laughs> You listen to our podcast. Do we do best scene first? We're doing best line. No, I think you guys do first. best line first. All right, I'll do best line. So I only have three, and honestly, so this was a tough category. I feel like because a lot of just a lot of talking. It's a lot of monologues movie. in yeah. this, and a lot of like you know just long drawn out dialogues. There's really not that many like lines in the movie that you kind of yeah. love. For me, I only have three. When uh, in the diner scene, Har- Harvey Keitel says, "You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize." And like the way he says "apologize," I love. Um, Michael Madsen says, 
in the safe house. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? That's a, that's a great line. I love that that's one. Just... Um, and then he also says, you ever listen to K-Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s? He, like, asks the cop that. Obviously, right before the greatest movie scene, or not the greatest movie scene, but one of my favorite movie scenes of all time. Almost iconic, for sure. Yeah. So, those are, honestly, those are my only three. I got a great one. It was when Steve Buscemi was telling... Um, Harvey that he was going to go check in. He goes, I'm going to go check into a motel for a few days. Call Joe. And then he turns around the corner and Mr. Orange is just passed out. And he goes, oh shit, did he die on us? <laughs> yeah. But just yeah. the way he said yeah, it, it, yeah. Was just, it was so nonchalant about it. Yeah, he just kind of turns around. He's like, oh shit, did he die? Like, yeah. Because Mr. White's like holding yeah, his head. Yeah, he's like holding his head. and He's like, I'm going to go out. Oh shit, did, did he, he die? die? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. It's just tough to like yeah. really pinpoint I, this, a lot. One of my favorite offline quotes is, uh, or offline, like off, um, like just offhand, yeah. Uh, when uh, I don't remember when it happens, but it's uh, Eddie and uh, uh, Mr. Bond, and he's like, Eddie, if you keep talking like a bitch, I'm gonna I'm slap, gonna slap you like what? Yeah, I think that's when uh, he goes to the office when you when you hear Blonde's oh, yeah, backstory. Yeah, when he's wrestling when he's with him. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and he's yeah. I, lo- I love I-, I like Eddie and, and Blonde's relationship. It's funny because yeah. then they like you know when they need to be serious, they go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is just like a hard movie to pick a best line for. Yeah, I really don't there's think there's a lot of good lines line. in this movie. I don't think that like there's any iconic lines from the movie. No, it's not one that really stands. Yeah, out. it's not one of the movies that you're gonna quote. I got yeah, I, 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 I love when Mr. Pink's talking about how he doesn't tip, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the he's tipping like, part." And he's uh, holding up his hands, and he's yeah. just like rubbing the guy. He's like, "You know what this is? It's the it's world's, world's smallest violin, world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. Just for the waitresses. I, I mean, I, I think that if I were to nominate like a best like dialogue i would say it's the it's the tipping yeah. the tipping discussion yeah i think that's the funniest no yeah and then harvey Keitel butts well, it's also, goes, it's also an interesting like perspective on like he makes a couple like, good points yeah but at the end of the day you should still tip yeah no you definitely should still tip don't be like an asshole pro tip, like buscemi wait which is actually don't make minimum wage they make way they make that. less than minimum way wage, less than minimum but wage. it's evened out because like, they make a lot of money with, tip. make 325 that sucks an hour they make they make tips though. So don't ever bring well, this is in the nineties. So dime. you know they're making less than three twenty five an hour. No, I'm in the movie. They're probably yeah. making less, but nowadays yeah. nowadays they probably make more. Yeah, they probably make closer to like. I don't know. You want to make food industry, so. No, but like think about the minimum wage for most jobs is like now like twelve fifteen dollars. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying right now in New Hampshire. Yeah, I mean I'm working at a restaurant as a food runner, and I only get seven twenty five an hour plus tips, which sucks. But whatever. So, none of us really... <laughs> but that's not the point of this podcast. No. By the way, Riverhouse plug. Um, that's... So, yeah. I don't know. Best line is tough. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that are yeah, said in this movie that you kind of chuckle at. But like I said, it's not like a movie that you quote. You could, yeah, you can go around quoting you that everybody... You talk about like, how great it is for yeah. everything else. Yeah, but you're not going to say a line in a room full of people and everyone's going like, to yeah. know exactly if what you're If you quote Reservoir about. Dogs in a room full of most people, they probably they're probably going to look at you saying. funny. However, if you put, you know, quote Pulp Fiction or something, yeah. I yeah. remember. Um, I mean, like, the best line in this movie probably that just describes the entire cast of people is um, when Tarantino just goes, dick, 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 dick. He's literally Oh, and you know what? the cast list, bro. Yeah, that's true. Just going through all the people on the IMDb page who are dicks. And that's actually when Eddie Bunker talks and he goes, that's a lot of dicks. Or he goes, how many dicks is that? And that's like literally one or two of his lines. Eddie Bunker was actually a real-life convicted felon. And he's also in The Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler as one of the inmates. And they casted him for it because he was an inmate. And he fit the 
crime man persona. That was a little half-assed research. Um, so yeah, best line, whatever. There's a lot of great lines in the movie. Yeah, no, it's it's it, this. Is and just you like kind of have like aha moments movie. when you go back and talk yeah, about no. it. But um, let's best do scene. best scene. Yeah. So right. I have four nominees. All right. Well, I'm just gonna start opening with the yep, the, the diner scene. Yeah. Oh. Was that not what you were I say? wasn't going to, but I did say opening, so I might as well go. Yeah, open so up the, the, the the cold open. It's just basically. such a yeah, it's such a good cold open because it's like it reminds me not remember in Lethal Weapon when we talked about how like the police station was like the hustle and bustle kind of thing. Yeah, you get yeah. All these little like you get all the side and clips stuff. and stuff like we that. We get like the criminal version of that. I'd like to think when they're all at the diner, they're just like quipping back and forth saying rent. It's like, just, just like a like, bunch of really pe- it's just, sleazy it's people. It's really just guys diner. being dudes. It is just yeah. guys being dudes, and yeah. that's what I love about the movie. Yeah, is because like we'll go back to like other heist movies that we see. Yeah, like there's obviously like good quotes and stuff, but like these the people like I take oceans. All the characters are like larger than life, yeah, and they're all like either really smart or they're I so like in their persona, like you know George Clooney's like the sly guy or somebody's yeah. like the bomb person. That's mm-hmm. all they talk about is bombs, and all they talk about is like yeah, no. you know technology. But no, these guys, it's, it's just like they're, they're a bunch just, of criminals. Well, and the best part is, yeah, there's no like there's no one expert. It's no, not, it's yeah, not like, oh, and they're we all need this person to get the job. Like and like there's guys. If you, guys, if you jobs. put a bunch of criminals at a time at a table together, they're gonna talk about fucked up shit like. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly and what they're all they going to try to one up each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally the first. By the way, none of them know who. None of them know no, anything about each other. That's what I love is, about the storyline. That's what I love about the storyline. Because like, there's no. They're not like talking about their personal lives. No, not at all. They're, well, they're, they're told not shit. to. Exactly. Right. So they got to figure out a way to do some filler at a diner. No, so, so Tarantino was explaining the movie like a virgin. I would love to see how that conversation would got just, started. Just imagine though, you're just sitting at a diner with a bunch of people you don't know. Yep, and it's just and like forced well, to talk about something. Forced to talk what about you talk about? You're gonna talk about yourself. Exactly about how you great can't. you are. Yeah, but you're not. Allowed but you're not allowed to. to talk about yourself. So you got to figure out something else. Yeah. So you just kind of latch on to anything anybody says. That's why the whole tip thing. It's blown out of proportion. But yeah, I just love the opening scene. It's really the, it's the only time all of them are really on screen together besides um, the naming scene. Yeah. Um. So it's just fun to have everybody in the same setting. And like I said, I feel like you can get kind of like people can like not pay attention to it. But if you listen to the dialogue, it's just funny. You know, it's just like, it's messed up. Um, okay, my other best scene is obviously the torture scene. Yes, that's the one I was going to bring up. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to read my other two. Yeah, and honestly, um, I'm just like, I know you have other shit, but I gotta lock that in right no, now. No, yeah, it, you don't it, even it, need to use it because it's, I... It's, so, it's literally like, I don't want to say the most iconic It's the most iconic scene in the movie. In, in, no, well, I, 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 in movie, it's one of the most iconic scenes in the movie history. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It, like, so in the movie, every it's... Time, yeah. Before, there are two phases of the song stuck in the middle with you. Before yeah. you see this movie and after you see it, this movie. Exactly. You picture the ear cut every oh, yeah. single time you, you hear that. Once you see the movie, let's say you've never heard the song before. Yeah. And then you listen to the song after you saw the movie, and all you think about is the ear cutting scene. Yeah, well, that's why I love that scene so much because it's such a like messed up scene, the but it has such a happy song yeah, in like, the background. The and song is the it, song lyrics itself yeah. are kind of demented. They're talking yeah. about like you know how he's like stuck between like jokers and yeah. um, bad people, clowns or whatever. But like it's upbeat, yeah, it's, and upbeat. it's like great. It's, it and, it sounds happy. So like every time you hear that opening guitar riff, yeah, dun, 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 dun. cue the guitar riff, and that is a.
that's such a All great the shit you give me for. Oh, I had a different fucking podcast. <laughs> and that's such a job. great just the way <laughs> Michael Madsen plays that character. Oh my is god, so great. And, and the, you the can dance you feel, does. You oh, feel that he's Michael a psychopath. Madsen, I didn't bring this up earlier. So, um, I heard. Should um, we wait till best performance to no, talk about this? Or no, because no? this is just a random tidbit. Okay. So Michael Madsen looking for work after you know this movie because what else has he done? Let me see. He's really only in Tarantino movies. <laughs> he's in this, and then he's in Kill Bill. Trying to see what he's at. Yeah. He's he, a great yeah. psychopath. He, he was, he's looking for stuff. He hits up Tarantino. He's like, hey, great idea for a movie. Vic Vega and Vincent Vega team up for something. Okay. Vincent Vega from Pulp yes, Fiction. Yes, obviously Vincent Vega from Pulp yeah. Fiction. Yeah, and, he's, and Tarantino's like, nah, how am I gonna, who's going to want to watch that movie? So let's table this discussion, put it somewhere else, because I have to, so to add to that, but I want to continue talking about the ear kind of That's why I just want to bring it up. Yeah, I love I that. About it. So um, some other things about why this scene is not only the best scene in the movie, one of the best scenes in movie history. Um, and, I was tell- and, I, and I was showing this to Liam when we were watching it. Um, the music plays such a pivotal part in the scene that, you know, obviously you think of the song now in Steeler's Wheel. I remember there's actually an interview with the band who sings at Steeler's Wheel. Um, and they're like, thank you, Quentin Tarantino, because now every time somebody listens to our song, they yeah. think of somebody getting tortured, getting their ear cut off and then getting gasoline poured on them. Yeah. But what happens in the song, and I was, like I said, I was showing this to Liam, song plays and you're in the room with Michael Madsen and Kirk Baltz yeah. and, and then Michael Madsen cuts his ear off and it's all disgusting. And then he goes out to his car and what happens when he goes out to his car is the music shuts off in the movie. And now it like goes from this music and now all of a sudden it's just like he's walking outside and you're just kind of like... Kind of gets peaceful too. Yeah, it's like peaceful. You just kind of hear like the everyday noises of life, like traffic mm. and kids playing and blah, blah, blah. And he pulls and he goes and he gets his gasoline can and then he comes back in and the music like turns back on. Yeah. So like most mo- like most directors I feel like would let the music you have like, play, yeah, like keep play playing through when he it. goes outside. Yeah, kind of begin like a montage but, like, scene kind of thing. It's one of those like subconscious things that you don't think about that like this song is like what makes the torture so messed up. Yeah, exactly. If the song played throughout, you'd just be like, be like oh, oh, yeah. oh, it's a great song in the background. But like, mm-hmm. you are immersed. Like, now every time you hear the song, yeah. he goes back inside, you hear the song again. You're, you're like, like yeah. oh, it's going to get, how it's it's gonna too, get bad again. I love how, now what is he gonna I love do? how it also picks up as the song. Like, it continues to play. Like, it's just like, yes, it walks yes. back in and it's it another does, part of the song. Yeah, it the song just has just kept playing kept while playing. he was outside. It's just like, I know it's a very simple thing. It's like, yeah, obviously the song is going to keep playing. But that's but like, what makes it great. But most though. people don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like just, there's so much about it's that. It's like scene. one of those little things that you pick up on and you're like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. And you're just like, you don't even think about it. And, you know, the scene itself is really probably one of the most demented. Like, it's just, it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. It's gross. But the fact that it's so pivotal in, in like, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, yeah. Iconic? Iconic, yes. sorry. Um, I don't know that word. Is, I, don't know. <laughs> I always do that. It was, long, it was, like, it was a long night It happens to me like night. once, yes, yeah. I'm very hungover. It happens to me like once a pod, I just forget a number. I mean a word. Yeah. See? Can I just, <laughs> simple Dan. That's <laughs> dope! Simple Dan. Um, okay, I don't even remember where I was going, but it's just an amazing scene. Everything about it, Michael Madsen's acting is great. Kirk Baltz's acting is honestly really good. Um, and then And then he dies. So both of you are on your phones right now, so I'm just going to monologue. Um, then Tim Roth kills Michael Madsen, so not only has there been this really iconic film scene, but in the movie it drives the plot. Yes, Because exactly. now all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, Tim Roth. And like the thing too with him. that is I feel like Michael Madsen 
kind of forgets that Tim Roth is sitting there the whole time. Yeah, he does. So he's watching well, it. Well, the thing is, is that in, uh, they kind of explain this when they talk about like how crazy, like like Joe. You don't know like, when Harvey Keitel at the end when he's talking to Joe. Yeah, and he's like, who at the end of the day knows nothing, Mr. Yeah. White. <laughs> Seriously, Mr. Just, White. Like, so, so, such a good guy. Well, Harvey yeah, Keitel. I feel he, bad he, for him. He's got a good heart. He's uh, like, right, wait, quick sidebar though. Sidebar. All the colors kind of represent. Like the like the character, the people. Yeah, you know, oh. I was thinking about that earlier. So Mr. White is kind of like wait, the, wait, wait. Let's let's. You okay, want to no, talk no, about keep going, like, No, no, no. You're rolling. Keep going. So Mr. Pink obviously is just like Mr. Pink. He, he's Steve soft. Buscemi. He's a soft. He's annoying. Yeah, you I don't know, know why Pink talks, is annoying. Talks, 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 Pink talks. is like kind of like in, in your, in your face, face you know? color. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like Liam on the pod. Yeah, and then we have Mr. White. I'd argue White is like the innocent, like doesn't know anything. Absence of color. So he's just kind of away from this whole thing. While still being there and like having a presence, he has yeah, a big presence, presence. You know yeah, what I mean? No. Orange is like, what is orange? It's a weird color. That, well, it's yeah. a mixture well, of a couple I'll, colors. You don't really trust. Well, orange, yeah, it's orange, hard to orange doesn't go with anything. <sighs> orange doesn't go with anything, Mister Orange. He's the cop. He doesn't go with the the criminal. Well, think about the colors that he puts in. So he has white, pink, blonde, brown, blue, orange. Yeah. White, pink, blonde, brown, blue. That's a color scheme. Yeah. Orange, it stands it out. Stands out. Doesn't really go with anything. Oh, that's good. I like this. Blonde? Blonde, yeah. Well, when you think of blonde, what do you think of? Obviously, well, like... you think of blonde, You think of blonde. Blonde is a color. But, yeah. like, it could go with those other colors. Yeah. But if you add orange into a t-shirt with all those colors, it's just completely doesn't, ridiculous. Doesn't, doesn't look good. You know, then you just look like a colorblind person. Yeah. Like, it wasn't so, like... It's not, obviously, it's not like a direct connection for Well, you one, know what? I, I, I assume... The, I like the... Uh, at least for Mr. White and Mr. Pink, I thought it was pretty... It's pretty accurate. Well, yeah. I assume that everything Quentin Tarantino does in his movies is yeah. very methodical and planned out. Yeah. So well, I have a feeling him, there was something Quint, behind the colors. With Quentin Tarantino being Mr. Brown, Brown's kind of just there. He, he, doesn't exactly. really... It doesn't really... Well, brown and blue, they're just kind of like throwaways. Yeah. Like, they're just kind of normal colors, which means... But, you know, yeah. the people who stand out are pink, white, white blonde, blonde, and orange. Yeah. So the other two colors, they're good colors, but yeah. they just kind of go away. They go with everything. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. So I'm not even going to read my other two best scenes. Yeah, no. Honestly, it's I had... I, well, had I, do like, I do like the scene where had, he is naming everybody. Because when Bishami's like, why can't scene. I be Mr. Purple? And he's just like, he goes, well, because Mr. Fucking Purple's <laughs> on another job. I got a Mr. Purple on another job. You're Mr. Pink. <laughs> yeah. And then he says... The bad Why word. am I pink? Censorship. <laughs> we're not gonna say it. Yes, I won't even say it. I'm glad but, you um, said you yeah. kicked off the pod. Yeah, yeah. But, we've yeah. said we don't talk like that. Yes. No. Not in this political climate. Yeah. Um, I also have the uh, when when Tim Roth is like telling the story, you know, the the drug story, the little anecdote to yeah. try and get in. I love that. Like the whole progression well, of it from what he learns it to when he actually tells it. Yeah, yeah. well, it's great how it just keeps kind of just like flipping the scene to scene where he's like acting it and then he's, he's telling it, it he's at telling the bar. It, and then he's in the bathroom with the guys. And he's still, he's still and he's, narrating he's it. He's breaking the fourth wall. Like yeah. Tarantino just does whatever he wants in movies. And see, I, but that's and I my just only. Love him see, so much. if I was an actual criminal and this guy that I have no idea with, he's not really inside the circle at all. He's getting outside. To yep. He's an outsider. And mm-hmm. I'm hearing this huge story about how. He was walking around with a bunch of weed in his bag, with a bunch of cops. He's like, a drug dealer. Five cops in a bathroom. Why would there be five cops with a canine in the bathroom? Well, cops have to go to the bathroom too. Yeah, I mean, it was just a kind of an offhand thing. Yeah, I don't know. I got. Like, I think it's, it's a believable. It's my bone to pick. I all think right? it's a believable story. It's a funny, believable little anecdote. I guess, yeah. I do like though how he does. Um, if he really did have weed on him and the dog was barking, why would the cops not check him? Is my only thing. Yeah. 
That's what, what is my So I get what right? you're saying. Yeah, it was my gripe. I don't necessarily know if it's a gripe because I, I think really the point of, of the story... But much... think about it, though. You're a hardened criminal. I come up to you with that story. You're like, that doesn't really make sense. This is kind of off. I don't know if it doesn't make sense. It's just like, why did you tell me that? I mean, it's yeah. funny. But it's like, why would you tell me that? It's hard to like, be like... We're here to do business, not to... Yeah, yeah but they're yeah, at the, the bar. Yeah, they're, they're just like... Yeah, but they're shooting yeah, yeah, the shit. They're trying to figure Tim Roth out a little bit. Even when they're on the job, they're shooting the shit. Yeah, they're always shooting obviously not right like when it's happening, but when they're doing like the scouting and when Mr. White and Mr. Orange especially are in the car and they're talking, they're just shooting... They're doing their work, but they're still shooting the shit. Yeah, yeah. And in the car... Another one that I have is the car scene where, you know, they're talking... Yeah. Where where nice guy Eddie picks up Mr. Orange and they're all in the car together and they're talking and they're talking. And it's funny because they do, they're talking about Pam Greer who's playing a lady cop yeah. and Pam Greer ends up playing Jackie Brown in another Quentin Tarantino movie which is one of the most underrated Tarantino movies by the way. So a little plug there. Um, but yeah, there's that's a good scene. There's a lot of just good talking. I like the story. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's, I don't know if the story's meant to be super believable it's pretty, I think that's pretty Tarant- damn believable, though. I think it is, but at the same time, like Tarantino probably wrote the story so that there could be like a little bit of hint because yeah. then Joe at the end says, "I'm not 100 percent on this guy." Yeah, and he should have had his fucking head examined. And they actually say that phrase a lot. I should have had my fucking okay. head examined. Yeah, because Steve Buscemi says that um, when they come back into the safe house, he's like, "We should have our fucking heads examined for being here." And Harvey Keitel says it, and then at the end, Joe says, I should have had my fucking head examined. So it's just funny that they say that. Um, the standoff scene also was another one I nominated, um, just because it's, you know... We did watch it like eight times. Oh my god, yes. we did, because we did. what was... Oh, so, so I've seen so this movie so many times. we tried to determine... Now, I'm just going to set the scene a little bit. Yep. So, at the end of the movie, it's a three... It, well, it's not a Mexican standoff, because there's not guns pointed at everybody. It's a four-person... Joe... No, it's a, Joe okay. it's a three-person no, three standoff. It's yeah. a triangle, so... Um, you guys can't see this, obviously. Nope. But uh, Joe Cabot is in one in one corner of the triangle. Harvey Keitel's in the other. Yep. And Nice Guy Eddie is in the the third corner. Yep. Uh, Joe is pointing a gun. He was pointing a gun at Mr. Orange because he was ready to blow his fucking head off. The initial in gun was yeah. pointed at Mr. Orange, who's on the floor outside of the triangle. But yeah. ha- but Harvey Keitel points his gun points his at gun Joe Cabot. At Joe. So we got a gun on Orange, we got a gun on Joe. Now, I'm not sure, does does Joe turn his gun to Harvey, or does he shoot Orange? Because I think the whole thing is, like... Joe, Joe shoots missing. Orange because yeah. we okay. saw yeah. that Orange yeah. yes. has a second right. shot. So Joe, and so, now so nice so guy Joe is pointing at Mr. Orange yeah. on the floor. Yep. Harvey, Harvey Keitel is now pointing at Joe. Joe. Joe and now Meanwhile, nice guy Eddie, Eddie is pointing his gun at, at Harvey, Harvey Keitel. Keitel. So now, you have this, you have a gun... One way, two ways, three ways, ways. and then one going. Which diagonal. is so so. Everybody who's everybody's set up to die except for nice guy Eddie, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey Keitel will get shot. Joe will get shot. And then Orange nice will get shot. But nice nobody's guy, pointing a gun at nice guy Eddie. And nice guy Eddie will just pretty much just have a clean shot. Yeah. Now, okay, if, yeah. And if Apparently, you watch, and if you watch the scene slowly. So which you have to do. Yeah, we click through this a bunch trying to pause it ten times. to figure out who because was. Because Joe dies, nice guy Eddie dies, mm-hmm. Keitel gets shot, and Orange gets shot. Yeah. So all of them get shot, but nobody's pointing a gun at nice guy Eddie initially. Yeah, so that's what we try to figure out. But it ends up being, so Joe Cabot takes the first shot. Shoots, shoots Orange. Shoots Mr. Orange. Harvey Keitel, Mr. White, shoots Joe shoots Cabot. Joe. 
Uh, and meanwhile, as that's going on, Nice Guy Eddie shoots Harvey Keitel. Shoots Harvey Keitel. Ha- Harvey Keitel turns and shoots, shoots Nice Guy Eddie. Eddie. After being shot no, by yeah. Nice Guy Yeah, Eddie. as he's falling down, yep. he kind of just points revenge, it real quick. Gets the revenge kill yeah. on him. So Keitel kills Joe and Nice Guy Eddie after taking a bullet. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a freaking beast. Yeah. I respect Man, him a lot. he's still alive enough and he crawls over to Tim Roth. And then I, I assume, yeah, you see him kind of get blown away at the end. Yeah. But yeah, the standoff well, scene yeah. is just awesome. There's so much think tension. Think about being Mr. White, though. You just take a bullet for this guy because you think he's a yeah. great guy, and then he just goes, I'm a cop. Yeah, and he starts to, like, cry. Yeah. It's a really well-acted movie yeah. by everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's just so much, like, human emotion. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a cool scene. Stop pointing that gun at my dad! And that's actually one of the last, well, it's not, the, yeah, it's the last thing I ever said. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, you can we'll tell he's definitely. Let's actually let's use that as a segue. So yeah. first of all, um, ear cutting off scene is one hundred and fifty percent everybody's nomination for best scene. Yes, it's the best scene in this movie. It's one of the best, best scenes in any movie. Yep. Um, it's not the nomination; it's the winner. It's yeah. the winner, one hundred percent. If you don't watch this movie for you know, and take away that scene, you're not, you're watching it wrong. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's segue into best performance. Um, you got. Not many characters in this sh- in this movie. There's you know your five guys, mm-hmm. one two three four five actually six. You got six. You got your six heist guys. You got your two bosses. Yep. And you got the cop. Mm-hmm. In terms of speaking roles, those are really the only people in the movie that do anything. Yeah. Um, so there's about you know eight characters in the movie, and I want to discount Bunker and. Tarantino because you know Tarantino yeah. does have a nice little monologue but That's he's not got the best performance. No, no. I really the only one I could have played Eddie Bunker's role. The people yes. I would count would be Nice Guy Eddie for best performance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not listing them. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying people who like, <laughs> people could be nominated. Okay, Nice Guy Eddie, Mr. Blonde, Mr. White, Mr. Pink, Mr. Orange, maybe Joe Cabot. I don't really. I'd say we don't see enough of them. Are you are you nominating people for best performance? Or are you just saying these are people who yeah, I consider people could, worthy could be nominated? Okay, because okay. I need they have to have a big enough role for me. You so my nominees for best. Like, performance. I think the, I think the cop, whatever his name is, Kirk. Kirk Baltz. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Lazarus. Great name. Kirk Lazarus. <laughs> I wish, dude. A great performance. <laughs> I don't wish. Um, but like, he, yeah, he was all right, but like, he's, he's, yeah, he's like, he's like a speak, he has a speaking yeah. role. Yeah, so yeah. there's literally only eight people in this movie yeah. who have a speaking role. But um, what are your? Who do you? Who would you nominate? I will go in order. Yeah, I think let's rank them all in order. Right top now. of my list is Michael Madsen. Yes. Number two <laughs> is Harvey Keitel. This is performance. Yeah. So you know, there's always skepticism. What is this? What does this category mean? I think it's the actor who. Did the best. Yeah. Um, Michael Madsen, number one. Keitel, number two. Buscemi, number three. Um, Roth, four. And then Nice Guy, Eddie, five. That's, those are my people. And I really think it's between Madsen and Keitel. So I'll do this one more time. Madsen, Keitel, Buscemi, Roth, uh, Penn. Nice Guy, Eddie. I think I'd have to agree. I don't know, I don't I know I'd about that. I think I'd have to agree that. with you there, but... I might put Kaitel above Madsen. I think they're at least I'm one putting, A and one B. No, I think one and one A. Well, the way I'm looking I said at one it, one A one B. Oh, you said one A one B. Yeah, I thought you said one and one B. No. Okay. I do like Kaitel, but I'm putting Bushami ahead of him. For the simple ahead fact, this is well, this yeah, this is. Are how you I, still keeping Madsen at one? Yeah, Madsen clear number one for me. But with Bushami, you can just tell the way his character is. It's like. You know, he's the annoying guy, talks a lot, yep. but he, you can tell, like, he's kind of got this nerv- nervous body language about him throughout the whole thing, 
And yeah, he kind of tries to play it off like he's this big old tough guy, but he's really not. He's he, really yeah. soft at heart. Yeah, I mean, he's a murderer. Well, yes, he is a murderer. But at the same but, time, but you're right. He is kind of freaking out. Freaking out the whole time, but he's playing it off really cool, though. I don't think he's playing off cool at all. I think he's breaking the fuck down. Well, he's trying to play it off cool. Yeah, but he's not doing a good job. Yeah, but he's, I he's think convinced himself, though. His that character's not supposed to be doing a good job, which is yeah, why I agree why? with you. I think Buscemi is unreal in this movie. Yes. Um, Everybody's unreal in this movie. Yeah, I think that Buscemi is really, really great. He plays Mr. Pink perfectly, the yeah. annoying. You, you described him, Liam, as a mosquito. Which yes, I, I love did. that. Oh, that's a good yeah. that's great. He's just constantly like... In your ear. And you just want him to shut, shut up. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, he's so annoying, but he's good at it. Um, Keitel is great. I love Harvey Keitel and literally everything he's in. Yeah, you he's, I respect with, him. With Keitel yeah. in this movie, I just feel like he's a lot more, not like nuanced, but especially the end. Yeah. When, when you see he's like, he has definitely a change. He does. There, he's really the only character can, with character development. He's the only character with like well, these real emotions. You can kind of see when... Uh, Roth tells him he's a cop. You can kind of see that his like heart is. Yeah, broken. he breaks. Well, no, well that too. Exactly. And, but yeah. he, as he's like, as he's spending time with Tim Roth's character, he um <laughs> he realizes that he's just like you know like I I, I can don't have to be like this fucking robot like all the yeah guys. exactly yeah. I can be a human and then yeah. obviously they go they they have a bond him and Roth yeah. yeah and then he takes on this like fatherly role yeah. over him yeah a little bit of a which you really sympathize with the whole movie you're no. like you like Harvey Keitel no you want you want Harvey but at the Keitel's same time to succeed he's not a good person because yeah. he's murdering cops and he's robbing banks yeah so like oh he lights the two cops up. yeah and that's a and that's you know like I, one of those points where yeah you're best kill that's the, <laughs> by far best yeah, kill that was the, uh, I don't know I think best I brought kill this is, up in the movie when I was like when cartel does cartel cartel um, the Harvey cartel cartel when he does uh, light those cops when he lights those cops up in front of Roth it's just like I yeah, couldn't no. imagine being an undercover cop and not yeah. putting a bullet and well, also that's why it's one reason I, I, I elevate Roth's performance but he doesn't do like an excellent job with it I do think yeah, Roth is good I do think there's a little bit of overacting going yes, on yeah. on Tim Roth but, but, also, but that's the character because you in the in the scene where he's in the mirror right before they go to the job or whatever yeah and he's like, he's like, you can do he's, this. He's like, you're a fucking Beretta. You're a yeah. Beretta, you know? yeah. They don't like, know anything. But I'm speaking in terms of like, I just think that's when he's like, dying in the car, it's a little bit too much Tim Roth. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm gonna fucking die! die. Like, it's yeah, just exactly. like, all right. And yeah, you're like, yeah. we get it. But like, yeah, but kind of just ease up on like, the race. Kind of like, not like a rookie cop, but he's pretty like... No. He's definitely never been shot in the belly before. Yeah, I'm like, just saying, like, I think Tim Roth does it a little bit too much. I still think his performance is great. I'm just not putting him at the top of the list. No. Well, Michael Madsen... So let's talk about Michael Madsen, because I really think he is the best in this movie. He plays a great psychopath. And he doesn't really get, like, too, too much screen time, honestly. Like, the movie's really dominated by Car... Now you got me saying it. Yeah, Harvey Keitel. Keitel and Tim Roth really are, like, the dominating forces in the movie, but... When Madsen's on screen, every time he's on screen, he's just like, he's killing it. It is, he's like one of my favorite movie psychopaths. Oh, he's great. Is Vic Vega. Because he's not like. Also, great name. I love Quentin Tarantino's names for characters. But he's like, he's more. Freddie Neuendijk. He's so. It's just great names. But like, Madsen's character is so like, he just like, he loves it. He's so he twisted. He loves it. He's so twisted. Like that's, like it's he's, so like, disturbing. Like, he doesn't have to cut the cop's ear off. He fucking wants to. He wants yeah. to. And then after he cuts it off and he talks into it. Yeah. Goes, is this like, thing can you on? hear me? Is this thing on? Can like, you hear me? You just cut off a man's ear. Yeah. <laughs> Not after yeah. slashing his face with a knife. Like, you... And then he was about to light him on fire. He was about yeah. to cover him in gas and light him and on fire. And that's another great line that he says right before he starts torturing the cop when he's like, 
you're probably going to wish for a slow or a quick death. Yeah. You're not going to get not gonna it, get, And he goes, torture, that's interesting. He's like, you know, I could torture you all day. You're not going to tell me anything. So I'm going to do it anyways because I want to do it. Like, he's just a messed up person. And, I, and you know, even like after after there's all the commotion when everybody comes back to the safe house like the first, first time. And then all of a sudden it pans out and you see Michael Madsen sitting there drinking the soda. Yep. And he's just like he's got the sunglasses on, and that's when he has his line. You know, are you gonna, are you gonna bark all day, little doggy? Yeah. Are you gonna See, bite? You know, every time I picture this opening song, like I the pi- opening song from the movie. Yeah. Like the, but I don't know what the song is. When called. they walk out. Yeah, I only can picture every time I hear that song. I can only picture Michael Madsen with the sunglasses on, the hat. Yeah. Just, or I don't know if he. Has I know none of them are wearing hats. They're or, all wearing like sunglasses yeah. and black. Yeah, suits. the sunglasses, black suit, and just drinking out of that. That's all I can picture yeah. when I hear that song. It's 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 such another iconic the walk up. We the, didn't the, talk about that. Yeah, either. I mean, like look at the movie poster. It's just it's yeah. just it's Basically, six guys all in black suits with black sunglasses walking, yeah. and they got like the blood, and it's it's just such like a. Cool and another movie. great thing about his character too, it's like you just. Did a diamond heist and you go and go get fries and a. I know exactly. I love that. Like well, that's, that's, that's so Tarantino. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So because ter- that's what a psychopath Tarant- would do. And though. I love how Kaitel goes. Tarantino was if he went and got a big Kahuna burger. Yeah, yeah exactly. and Maybe that's where yeah. he got the bird. Where he got it from. Yeah. Um, speaking of Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs crossover, we were talking about this earlier. Um, so listen to this. Listen to this little theory that I have. Reservoir Dogs comes out in 92, Pulp Fiction 94. Madsen, I mean, uh, 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 Tim Roth is in Pulp yep. Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, as well as Harvey Keitel is in both movies. Now, listen to this. Vic Vega is the character's name Michael Madsen plays, and in Pulp Fiction, it's Vincent Vega. Yeah. So, they're, I they're believe... brothers or cousins or something? I like believe that. that they're brothers. They're two brothers. One of them's a bank robber. One of them's a hitman working for Marcellus Wallace in L.A., because they all live in L.A., so they're clearly still hanging out. Harvey Keitel, here's my theory, he doesn't die at the end of the movie. Harvey Keitel, let's say this, he lives, he goes through this all cop, you know, he he, he ends up up working for the police. And then he becomes the wolf. And then he becomes the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Because now he's got, how does the wolf have all this... Knowledge in Pulp Fiction. How does he know what to do? How does he know how to clean up a scene? How does he know what the cops are looking for? Because he used to be a heist robber, and then he went and he worked for the police, and then he quit, and now he becomes the wolf and he works for Marcellus Wallace. Now the only plot hole in that is Tim Roth dies in the movie, and then comes back. Well, he dies. <laughs> in, plot, well, plot, we don't know that. But but he but could, he could have. He could have died because where he had the gun pointed, okay. it was at his well, jaw. Maybe Tim okay. Roth stays alive and then in po- and then he comes back to become a little a little robber. I would love for you to not because I really like it. I know it's got a Mr. ton of holes. Mr. In Mr. Mr. Brown dies in this movie. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I forgot he's also and in bring... it. He comes back as Jimmy. Yeah, shit. <laughs> but do we know that though? Unless, I know they do yeah, say you see, that he dies. You see Brown, no, look, you oh, see you Brown see die on camera. Yeah. yeah, you see him die yeah, in the no, car. Yeah, and uh, like, uh, now, like, I just he, wanted to have fun with it. All right. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, there's got to be some I connection. That, I mean, well, no, that's when I think the uh, only the no, only feasible thing is Vic Vega and Vincent Vega. Tarantino about the the movie together because he knows they're connected. I think in reality, Quentin Tarantino was just like, "Oh, Vic Vega, cool name. I'm gonna also have Vincent Vega." But Vic, 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 is a Vic and Vincent Vega. Vic is way more badass than Vic. Vic Vega. Vic Vega is way more badass, but I like the character Vincent Vega way more. Oh yeah. Um, God, that's a fun little theory though. I don't know. It doesn't really add up. There's just a lot of little Easter eggs I think 
that Tarantino likes to pick at. You know, like, he had made this movie, like I said, 92, and they talk about Pam Greer, and then he ends up casting Pam Greer as Jackie Brown later on. Um, I love that. Yeah. I don't know. I think for the most part, we have chugged along. Yeah, no. We talked about this uh, for a while. uh, Who do do we... So we're saying Madsen for best guy, though. I would say... 100%. Yeah, I'd say Madsen. I I think uh, Madsen and Keitel are kind of on equal playing field. Uh, Yeah, but if I were to choose one of the other, I'm going to put this, like, I... That how you thought I said it before. Instead of one A, one B, I'll give Madsen one, but I'm gonna put a one B for Kaitel because I think even though like, that's not a real category, yeah, he's, but. he's a one and a half. <coughs> he's definitely not a one and a half. He's, he's starting. He's a starter. No, it's like uh, I get what you're saying. Well, Chris Penn does. We'll clean it up. Chris Penn does <laughs> play a great. That. I have to say it once per pause. <laughs> Chris Penn plays a great like I'll do anything for my dad type of type of. Yeah, character. he's got that weird little daddy's boy. And yeah. Chris Penn does a good job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said to you in the movie when he was calling him daddy and yeah, stuff, I go, that's really, quite weird. It's for, weird for yeah, a grown for man. A grown man. Oh, dad, daddy. Random yeah. theory I thought. Tons of Hollywood lookalikes. Think about the people you could cast in Hollywood today that could like play people who look like these characters, you know? What do you mean? Steve Buscemi and Steve Buscemi. What? Well, I, I don't know. Who looks like Steve Buscemi? Nobody does. He's yeah. a weird looking What are you cat. getting at? Exactly. Yeah. All right. What are you getting Vince at? Vince Vaughn. Looks like fucking young Michael Madsen. Okay. So you're saying... Gosling they, looks like Rob. So hold on. I lo- no, that's all I can say. like a reboot Ross. or So something? if you're saying you're going to make a movie about the making of Reservoir Dogs, who's going to play who? Yeah, no, like, like there are a lot of doppelganger type like people in this okay, movie. Okay, let's... That's the word I should have used. Sorry, doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. But like, Steve Buscemi is Steve Buscemi. You yeah, lost no, me. A, but then yeah. you pick me back up. No, yeah. one, well, no one looks like Steve Buscemi. In the, no in, one looks like a rat. In, in the Reservoir <laughs> Dogs, in the res, making of Reservoir Dogs movie, Vince Vaughn plays Michael Madsen. Ryan Gosling plays Tim Roth. Um, Eddie Bunker. Eddie Bunker is played by Jeff Bridges. No, Jeff Bridges is way too cool. I think that we only have two. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bridges. This is an Jeff interesting Bridges theory. from Hell or High Water. You can play Eddie Bunker's character. Love that movie. Yeah. Good, interesting theory, but I don't know if I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, no, it's not amazing. I think you just right. Note the thought, fact that Vince Vaughn looks like what, Michael. What chunk Madsen. from Goonies for fucking Chris Penn? <laughs> you know, Chris Penn is actually a good singer and dancer. He was in the original Footloose with Kevin Bacon. Really? Great yeah. movie. He's, re- he's really good in it. Nice. Um, you should definitely do a Footloose episode. Yeah, maybe. I don't think Cam is cultured enough to watch a musical. Because I want to do La La Land. Hey, if you got this far in the podcast and you want to hear Dan do a 15-minute episode by himself on La La Land, let me know because I will do that. I'm willing. <laughs> let me know because I've already actually recorded it. Let me know because... <laughs> it's already recorded and ready to publish. Let me know because it's up. I <laughs> <laughs> jerked off to it three times. Fair enough. We're going to clean that one up in post. No, we're not. We're going to leave that on there, you sick psycho. Hey, you're um, jerked off. Not me, buddy. I haven't jerked off in a while. So we're going to clean that up. <laughs> <in post. laughs> All right. Well, this, well, has, been this has been episode, episode eight. I want to thank uh, special guest Liam Barner yes. for being here. It was a lot of fun to have you on, man. Did camp yep. out in the studio to get here. We appreciate that. You really don't have any. Man. You really don't have any other option. I would appreciate no, if no I one don't. else tries to camp out in the studio, though. Well, unless they have dance permission. Yeah, no, don't come over here. Liam's the only one who can stay over with me. I'm sorry. No, you heard it here first. Even then, I still don't like it. Yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, this was episode eight, boys. Chugging along, we're almost yeah. done. Episode eight. This has been the sidebar. This has been another episode of the sidebar podcast. The podcast. podcast. The movie, the experience, the ride! We did it. We finally did it.